Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood. Gangsters. Talking about Trump 2024, you heard me? Woo woo! Wah! Gangsters! The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't we ain't stupid, man. American people, man. We ain't we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's gonna be man nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack, man, nobody, nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up, you heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be, because we ain't having nothing else. From sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, America, to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. This is your home for common sense conservatism. It's great to be with you. Remember, if you've not downloaded our podcast, we have a million people who've already done so. The number is growing. Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Like us, share us, follow us, give us a five-star review. Appreciate you guys being a part of this. You know, so I made this decision, and, and what a sad statement is this yesterday. You know, I have a talk radio show for three hours a day. I have a television program on Newsmax TV. You would think I would want to pay attention to what these candidates who are debating to be the president of the United States are saying, and I'm totally not interested. I'm not interested when what I know is going on is far more important than the lights and the makeup in freaking California at the Reagan Memorial, Reagan Library, whatever it is. Right? Museum. Uh, I want to know how a 95-year-old Korean War veteran can get booted from his assisted living facility. I want to know how the administration that, that purports itself being so humane to create a safe and orderly, humane way to come to this country believes we don't see the stampede happening at the southern border. Have you guys gotten any video of the filth that is left behind when the global compact on migration opens up the world's doors and says to everybody anywhere anytime just go just go how dare alejandro mayorkas lie to us every day kamala harris you Joe Biden, I can't even blame him anymore. He's vacuous. He has no idea where he is. So he's, he's a non-issue for me. How sad. The president of the United States allegedly is so much of a zero non-entity. I don't even pay attention. The same way I didn't pay attention to these people, seven people standing on stage last night. Because you know what, what I would have liked to, to hear? Here's one of the questions, one of the hardest questions that you can be asked 
as a candidate for anything has to do with something so fundamental that most of us can't grasp it, right? Homelessness. How do you tackle homelessness? Well, California has some some program that they're instituting. Our goal is to get everybody off the street by 2020, blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, that's idiotic. That's as idiotic as, as Chris Christie's rehearsed line last night calling Donald Trump for ducking the debate. Why should Donald Trump go there? To talk about what? How much he's clobbering them? Talk about the economy that we had before this administration of suck came on the scene. I mean, we all know, right? Called him Donald Duck. It was rehearsed. It was prefabbed. It was stupid. Enough, Chris Christie. Read the room. Read the room. We have a human invasion. And hundreds of people have died so far this year at the southern border. And they want you to believe that it's all safe and secure. Everything's great. They don't even care. They don't even try. It's not even a believable lie. It's worse than my 15-year-old son, Schmobby. (laughs) Right? With dirty feet, wiping his feet all over the pavement and on the carpet, leaving his muddy shoes by the door, and then lying to my face when I said, Bob, why, 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 my man? Uh, That wasn't me. Well, I'm going to give you three opportunities to come clean. It wasn't me, Mom. Final option. Mom, it wasn't me. All right, get your stuff. Let's get outside. Here's how you use a power washer, son. You get to power wash the whole driveway, which is 100 feet long. Don't lie to me anymore. This is what we need. We need a mom in charge to say to all of these liars, enough. I've got dinner to make. I've got bills to pay. There's laundry in the washer, right? And I got to pay some bills too. Don't lie to me. But this is what you get. I want you to hear this. Gavin Newsom on CBS. Interesting small glimpses, random acts of journalism. Doesn't happen often. We do like to celebrate them when somebody actually seems to be remotely honest. Here's CBS asking Gavin Newsom. Saying, you know what, you call the GOP, the JV squad. And you allege that they're, they're telling us lies about what's really going on at the border. We see what's really going on at the border, sir. How, how do you defend that? Listen to Gavin Newsom lie to your face. It's of misinformation you think this so-called JV squad has been peddling. What concerns you the most? Well, across the board, I mean, they sell fear and panic uh, around border and crime, ah. but, but they, they sell common indifference around things like climate change. I'll throat punch him. So help me God, if he was close by, I'd lunge. I'd be in cuffs in a hurry, but I might get one swing out. It would be worth it. How dare you? The GOP is selling fear and panic. I'm going to go with it's not humane. To create an environment in which you say to the world, come on in, doors are open. And encourage parents to basically sell into servitude their children under this idea that they might have a better life in America. Not knowing, of course, that their daughter is going to be gang raped along the way. How many times? By how many people? Is that fear and panic, Gavin? 
as you try to tell us, the biggest existential threat to the world isn't humanity. Crushing a border, trampling farmland, leaving debris, people dying in fields, farmers out tending to their stuff. Oh, there's a dead person. Ah, I guess it's the new America. Get used to it, right? That's fear and panic. Got it. Then there's Kamala Harris. No, no, excuse me. Madeline Dean. Madeline Dean, who is a, she is a purposeful plant for the Democrats. She creates this illusion of mom slash grandma, right? And so, oh, we need to have a soft look. Mm, Let's go to Madeline Dean and have her weigh in on something. And she weighed in not that long ago telling us that Joe Biden is crisper than crisp. He is top of his game. He's sharp as attack. Oh, my, my. If only I could age and be that fantastic. She gushed as we retched. This is her being asked yesterday specifically about what the hell is going on at the border. And she takes umbrage with a specific word and then bounces to the Democrat way. It's about feelings. Don't mind the facts. Don't worry about 8 million people. Don't worry about the 800 dead in the last four four months. Right. Don't worry about the bodies being found in the freaking Rio Grande. Don't worry about the pregnant woman pregnant with twins whose body washed up downstream. We have to worry about the words. Let's do this. Here's Madeline Dean lying to your face. At what point does this become an invasion of our country? Well, I I would never use that word. Not an invasion. This is not some uh, uh, pests. These are human beings, and that's the way they need to be treated. Ah, these are human beings, and we're allowing them to get gang raped like the little girl who we rescued, she was eight, and she had 67 different DNA samples inside of her body. Madeline Dean. Oh, it's so humane. We care. That's all we're doing. We're caring. This is the way it works. How does it really work? Here's Border Patrol Chief Jason Owens. Oh, how about 20 seconds of truth to counteract their lies? Go. Not just an opportunity, they're profiting off of this. They're profiting because they're charging these migrants to to come across. Uh, Millions of dollars a week in revenue across each sector on the southwest border going directly into the hands of those cartels and those smugglers. Added to that, they're using this as a distraction to pull us off of task so they can cross other things like the narcotics. Factual, actual. Anybody have any questions? Did anybody have any doubt? Ayanna Presley. Don't worry about the people in your community, Ayanna. Don't worry about the folks who can't find work or who cannot pay their bills or who cannot pay their mortgage or who cannot pay their rent. She's going to drop a whopper to you right now on the body, on the rather border being secure. Jake Tapper asking her a question that's actually sort of hard hitting. Go. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, our, our border is secure. And we're in the midst of a humanitarian crisis and we have to fix a broken system. And we also sec- you think started- it is secure? You think the border is secure or it is not secure? I believe that we are in the midst of a humanitarian crisis and there needs to be federal investment to support those migrant families. Federal and I work investment. with a number of those community-based organizations on the ground and they need more support. What do you think about the, the 95-year-old Korean War veteran who just got bounced from his assisted living facility? Ayana, you squad hack. This is the best one, though, when we have time for We don't? We do? 
Let's do it. Hank Johnson, moron of the day. You ready to be dumber? I'm sorry, but it's necessary. Go. People are breaking the rules, paying a criminal organization to do so, to get to the front of the line. Does that concern you? Have you ever been to the border before to see what's happening? Yes, I have. I've spent a lot of time at the border, yeah. You didn't talk with the right people, apparently, because your information, your questions based on, uh, you know, your questions are kind of off base. Uh, you just lost 50 IQ points. Look, I'm going to play that again after this break. Let's dive into that, shall we? Uh, Oh, my God. You just don't know how to ask the right questions. What? Don't go anywhere. You're dialed into the Wendy Bell Radio program. It's so ridiculous, right? I have to play. We have to play Hank Johnson again. Mind you, Hank Johnson is the the wizard of genius who, who in congressional testimony, talking to the United States military was worried about sending too many troops to Guam because the island might capsize. You know, I wonder if perhaps this Fox reporter who's talking to him in the hallway, where he steps in the ultimate turd. Have you ever been to the border? Do you know how to spell border, Hank? That's the bigger question. Steps in it. She's like, yeah, I have. I'm surprised he wasn't like, look, if too many people trample the border, all of a sudden people in the Dakotas, they're going to lift up in the air because it's going to off balance the, the land mass of North America. I, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably what Hank thinks. Scary that he is a member of Congress. Listen to the question and listen to listen to the I'm such a dope. I don't even know how dopey I sound. Go. People are breaking the rules, paying a criminal organization to do so, to get to the front of the line. Does that concern you? Have you ever been to the border before to see what's happening? Yes, I have. I've spent a lot of time at the border, yeah. You didn't talk with the right people, apparently, because your information, your questions based on, uh, you know, your questions are kind of off base. Your information, your questions are off base. You suck, Hank. This is what what got me, though. So where's the media? Why isn't there wall-to-wall coverage if it's all about the humanitarian thing? Because what's going on is horrific. Soup to nuts. And it was laid out yesterday by one voice, Senator Katie Boyd Britt. And I want you to hear what she says because it is chilling. Guys, I would have never seen the border firsthand if this woman didn't know that I needed to see it immediately upon entering the United States Senate. I followed up with a trip with John Cornyn because they care. These people down there, Senator Blackburn would talk to them. She knew them. We walked through and we got to hear women tell us their story. And their stories are brutalizing. And to Senator Cruz's point, if you're not telling it, that's on you. Because when a woman sits there and she tells you not just about being raped, but how many times a day she's raped, when she tells you about having to lay in that bed while they come in and out and in and out, it's disgusting and it's despicable. Folks, you look at the number of people that have died at the border because Joe Biden has made it more and more enticing to come here. Make no mistake, this is a result of failed policies. We could fix this. We can't throw money at this and fix it. 
We have to actually change the policies. I looked in the eyes of CBP agents who said we're exhausted. We're not only having to be paper pushers, we're also trying to do what we did, what we took an oath of office to do, and that is protect this border. But when they tell you about finding small children who have drowned in that river or pulling a lifeless body of a woman who is pregnant with twins, it changes the way you think about what's happening. Drug cartels, guys, they have their tentacles all over this country. We need you to start telling that story. To Senator Cruz's point, they will tell you exactly how much they paid to get here. Then they'll tell you where they're going, what their job's gonna be, and how much more they owe. Got it? And guess what? Just the other day in Alabama, a gentleman told me, if you will come back here with me in this neighborhood right behind you, you will see migrants who are here illegally and they will tell you about the drug cartels coming around every other week to collect. Guys, that's not the American dream. That's an American nightmare. Listen to the media. Not a sound. Not a click of a camera. Nothing. So is the play now, if you don't go see, you can say it's not happening. The same way if you have questions about elections, but you don't see the evidence, you don't allow it to be presented, it's never heard, you're able to say, I've seen no evidence of election fraud. Didn't happen. Look, I don't know, maybe some people want to live in this world of willful blindness or mass psychosis or whatever you want to call it in psychology circles. But I see it, and so do you. Ladies and gentlemen, do not go anywhere. The assault on the American farmer, China, and your government. What are they doing to our food supply? We're live with a farmer next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. I'm super excited about talking to Lucinda Clark. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of uh, Moink. It's Moo and Oink put together, right? Moink, Moink Box. Have you guys heard about this? It is a a beautiful idea to take the mom and pop family farms, the the fifth generation started by great-great-grandpa, you know, 120 years ago, to make sure these, these places stay here in America forever and provide us with the finest, quality meat and fish that you can get on this continent. Lucinda, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you about what's really going on, this assault on the on the small farmer, my friend. It's 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 serious. Well, hello, Wendy. How are you today, anyway? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, you and I have talked about getting you on this show for so long because you said something that really, it startled me when you said we'd have no idea how during COVID, how close we came to the complete crumbling of our food supply. Yeah, that's a true story. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm sure everybody's got a story to tell about what happened in their life during COVID. But in mine... When everybody else was told to go home, we had to mount up um, and go to work. Had it not been for America's family farm in the height of COVID, um, 
people would have gone hungry. And so the consumer's memories are often short. They forget who fed them. I ain't mad at them for it. It's just how, uh, just how the world works, I guess. But what happened is, you know, we have this fragility in the food system of how food moves from farm to table. In fact, I often say if you really knew what it took to get that food from the farm to your table, then maybe saying grace would take on a whole new meaning. There's lots of moving pieces in it, right? So at the time, we had something, stores of pork bellies. So you'll ever hear this. You listen to a farm report, USDA, they'll say pork belly stores or this or that. And what that does is a way of measuring how much meat is in freezers across the country, right? So thankfully, we did have a pretty uh, good supply here in America of this, like, pork belly uh, stores. However, everything was kind of set up for the way our system works now, right? That it's cut or packaged in a way that goes to restaurants or this or that. So all of a sudden, we had to redirect from that to stuff that's shipped to your home in which you know how to cook it. You have an expectation of what something looks like in a package, you know, there's this rat on a wheel that the, that happens in our world, systems that are in place. And when you have this total upset, you have to shift. Mm-hmm. And then you have fear and you have panic and you have, like, chaos that's happening. Then at the height of all of that, um, companies, I think you will vaguely remember, if I can take you back there for a moment, you will remember that they said that, you know, COVID was going through different uh, meat processing facilities and that they were shutting down processing facilities. Well, the thing is, 60% of U.S. pork comes from one company, Smithfield Farms. They're wholly owned by the Chinese. So I don't know how you feel about that, but I don't know how you feel about weather blood. So I'm just going to move on, right? Like, I, that, that's... You have whatever opinion you want to have about China having 60% of U.S. pork. However, let me tell you why it mattered. Let me tell you why you care. It's because then in COVID, when it was no longer economically feasible to produce these hogs, they shut it down. They shut down their facilities. Well, first of all, I don't like the way they do business. I don't like the way they raise a hog. I don't like what they do to rural America. I do not like that they take hogs and they have replaced 50,000 independent hog farmers in the state of Missouri alone with 500 hog confinement buildings. However, all that aside, they became a piece of the food system, and then they shut it down. So then what? Where are you going to get your bacon, baby? Who's bringing home the bacon? The family farm. And so I personally, the people in my industry behind the scenes, we had to do some cowboy stuff, wild, wild west. All of a sudden, these very people, the long-forgotten, sorry, they're, I'm out back, so I have cell service, so those birds and geese are flying over. Um, <clears throat> anyway, we stepped up to the plate, and we had to get the mom and pops to come and open their facilities. So at my, my specific facility where we ship, which is a town of 97, you know, we're used to Farmageddon. We've had swine flu and bird flu, and we've had these things. So we immediately enacted biosecurity protocols like you would on a farm, right? You dip your feet in bleach. You don't go to somebody else's farm without certain protocols. Just what you do. We know how to do these things. So we worked round the clock. We worked 20-hour days. Day 43 of uh, 
20-hour days, I turned to Carmen. She's my right hand. I said, what's next? That's what I always say to her. She said, you best start licking them doorknobs. I said, why is that? She said, the only way we get to go home is if we get the vid. Oh. <laughs> I said, I would, but Mama just bleached them. <laughs> um, but anyway, long story short, yeah, it was a family farm that stepped up. Yeah. Why? Not because we was making money. Let me tell you what, people coming in hot at us, like, no, tomorrow. There was also, like, trauma. We were one of the few companies that were still answering the phone. People would call us. They was wound up. And this woman called me, and uh, she called me everything but a white woman, and she was just laying into me because she got a New York strip instead of a ribeye, which we, you know, what we had, we had, and we explained that. And I said, ma'am, I know you're not upset about that. So what is your real problem? Like, what is your actual real problem? Could you just tell me what it is so we can solve that? Well, she was in New York, and it was fear. And it's like, all of a sudden, we became mental health counselors. It was like, dang. And then not only that, like, um, I walked into work one day. I'm barely qualified to be a grown-up. I still don't know who signed off on that decision. And then they let me have tiny humans. That also, I don't understand why they let me do that. <laughs> so now, here I am, rough around the edges. My jeans are too tight, the lipstick's too red, and my goodness, I'm coming in hot using every curse word under the book, right? <laughs> Yet, they call me from, from uh, FedEx. Hey, they're prioritizing food and medicine. You'll have this much space on the plane. Wow. Okay. Yet, I had uh, like five times that many orders I needed to ship, and I had hours to make a decision. So here I am, barely qualified to be a grown-up. And I'm go- I am going to be a person that makes a decision about who's getting food and who's not. I, who who made that call? But here we were. You what did you do? The gifts you were given. Tell everybody what you what did. did. I do? You, you get on the phone. You call other do? farmers. How does that work? Hey, hey, mom and pop in in Missouri and in Oklahoma and Arkansas. How do you get these people together? What did you say? Well, the first thing I did was step outside, take a deep breath. I think every time, all of us, whether you are a frontline worker in the medical industry, whether you were a police officer, a truck driver, anybody that had to step out into the world, I think probably all of us at one time or another had what I call a come-to-Jesus moment, in which you step outside and say, what's my play? Where am I at? So in that moment, I'll tell you exactly what I did. I stepped outside my warehouse, and I took a deep breath, and I said, dang, I got a decision to make, because I have a warehouse full of meat, so should I ship it to people on the East Coast and the West Coast that don't have anything, or the people in Florida that are elderly and can't go out, or should I keep it so I can protect my own? That was the first decision I had to make. Then secondly... I am a multi-generational household. My grandfather is 87, and he lives in my basement. I realized, oh, man, I hadn't been thinking about it, but old people are dying. You know, we didn't know. It was early days. Every time I come to work, I put his life on the line. So I said, what am I going to do? Right here, rubber meets a damn road. Which way am I going with this? And I said, you know what? I am going to make the decision that I am going to handle the problem in front of me and nothing more. And I will take this one decision at a time. I walked back in my warehouse and I said, all right, we'll figure this out. 
and I ran some statistics very quickly. I looked at different hot spots where food is, and I made a decision about where I was shipping, and this is what I made. I said, I will send it to the elderly in Florida, I will send it to New York, and I will send it to California. And that's what I will do today. And that's what I did. And then I left my warehouse, and I went home, and I got Grandpa up, and I said, I have a decision to make. And I said, Grandpa, I don't want to do this. Every time I walk out that door, I don't care if something happens to me, but I do care if I'm the person that kills my grandfather. And he stood up, and I said, so you tell me what to do, but I do not want to do this. I want to come home. And he stood up. He's retired Navy. And he said, I served my country, and you will too. America needs you, and you will go to work. And I said, okay. I said, I don't want to do it. And he said, I don't care what you want to do. This is what you will do. Because in times of crisis, you must step up. And I said, okay. I said, I'm one condition, old man. I said, you will stay in a basement and you will stay far, far away from me. <laughs> right. I said, it, and once a week, once a week, I'll allow you to come upstairs. I said, I'll make supper. I'll put it on a table and I will go to my room. You come up, you'll eat. But once a week, we will sit across from each other and we will, we will spend time. I can't do this without you, Grandpa. And once a week, as if we were on the dang Titanic, we fashioned ourselves. So going down on the Titanic, we found like a 50-year-old bottle of whiskey or something in the cabin. And so we got a fine crystal and poured it once a week. Him at one end of the table and me at the other once a week. I got to sit down and talk to him tell him what was happening. Otherwise, I would have to call him on the phone from upstairs. Nonetheless, so then I said, what's, what's today's problem? All right, so now we ain't got chicken. I caught a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy. Called him. I said, do you know who I am? He said, your reputation precedes you. I said, good. I hear you have chicken that meets my specs. Because, again, even though there was a crisis at this point, you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for, for anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to lower my standards, right? I called a guy. He's like, yeah, I got some in the freezer. I was like, cool, you got it uh, sold? He's like, well, this other company is well-known, uh, hasn't spoken for. I said, yes. Yeah. So what I'm asking you is, have they paid you? No. Did I'll you take sign it. a contract yeah. with your honor is on the line? No. He said, no. And I said, listen, first man that gets there, money in hand can have it? He said, yes, ma'am. I said, okay. I called my brother. He's a trucker. And that's another thing. People don't realize what the truckers in this world did. And so my brother said, you don't know what it's like out there. If I get a, I get a flat tire, something happens, nobody's going to help me. He turned told me the same thing I told Grandpa. Why? Because I have a pre-existing condition. He said, I ain't killing you neither. And I was like, all right. You know so I what? said, here's what I need you to do, brother. Go to Texas. Pick up this uh, chicken. If you get there and another food company, and I, again, I won't say their name, but they're pretty big. I said, if you see their truck, I need you to slash their tire. <laughs> then I need you to put that in the back of your semi. I need you to come back to Missouri just as fast as your legs will carry you. I love and you. Said, okay. I want to put and, you. I and then put, when he got wanna, here, he did it again with the salmon. Go I, ahead. Wendy. I love it. I was going to put you on hold. I'm going to hit this commercial break. Lucinda Clark, she's the woman who's behind Moink, moinkbox.com. She is... You know, found herself in an emergency. What do you do in an emergency? Do you fold or do you rise? The sound of rising continues next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. 
Welcome back, everybody. We are still joined by Lucinda Clark. She is the CEO, the mastermind behind Moink, moinkbox.com. You know, yeah, we're talking about what she does, but what we don't know is what's going on behind the scenes. And Lucinda, I never thought I would say this, that I would actually agree with John Fetterman. But yesterday he tweeted out, why would China want to own vast amounts of our farmland? And then he was, of course, alluding to China's 2013 purchase of Smithfield Foods. And this is what you're talking about, 60% owned by China. Why is it so important for us to invest in rural small family farms? Well, it was farmers that signed the Declaration of Independence. Mm. It was farmers that threw off the yoke of tyranny. Our country was founded on the backs of the American family farm. And I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need sympathy. I definitely don't need a handout. But I'll tell you what I do need. I need an even playing field on which to compete. So when you have four companies that control over 80% of the meat industry, when 1.3% of Americans are farmers and 100% of us eat, I expect we got a damn math problem. Mm -hmm. And why do you care? Let me tell you why you care. You know, they use something called ractopamine to give their hogs in these confinement buildings. It's banned in 160 countries, including China. But you're going to find it in your bacon every day at the grocery store. Me? I'm not going to have that on my farm and kill my kids in the height of COVID. Who do you want feeding your family? Me? Who my livelihood, my culture, my family depends on it? This is my way of life I'm fighting for. You want me to step up to the plate or do you want China? I don't care. But you better think long and hard about what you want there. Like, what is the motive? So us as farmers, I'll give you the stats. Let me walk you through it. The average on-farm income in the United States is a loss of $1,100. Over 90% of farmers have an off-the-farm job to pay for our farming habit. So why do we do it? I once had a well-known reporter ask me, then, then what are you doing? Why, why do farmers continue to farm if they're losing money? Is it because they, they're ed, they don't, their educ, education level or something? I chuckled. I said, look, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, back up. You're probably the same kind of person that thinks strawberry milk comes from pink cows, don't you? <laughs> but once I got done getting mad about it, I thought about it. And I said, you know what? That's a good question. Let me bring it down to you. We do it because it's our way of life. It is our culture. We believe in a better day. We are still one of the few people that sit down and say, we believe in brighter days ahead. We believe in standing our ground and saying, this is what we believe in for our culture. My children know the lay of my land. They probably do better with animals than they do with humans. Our social skills with humans may be lacking, but our ability to work with the land and this institutional knowledge has passed from generation to generation. Why is it shameful that my son wants to be a farmer? Mm. Do tell me. And if he wants to grow up and feed people, why is it that you say, well, if you want to do that, son, guess what? You're going to starve. You're going to struggle. You're going to do this. Why doesn't he have the right and the path to be able to make a living and feed his family one day while feeding Americans? So in the state of Missouri alone, there's the uh, Missouri Rural Crisis Center. And they brought a good place. You know what they do? They give farmers they give them little cards to go buy groceries for their family. Why? 
because this seed in America, they don't have it. Now, that don't make sense, right? You're like, but you got farmland. Mm -hmm. Why is it that I, as a child, grew up on 1,500 acres? And oftentimes we went hungry. And my mother worked two jobs to keep our farm and roof over our heads. Do tell me why that is. Let me tell you why it is. It's because we've moved to a monoculture, corn and soybeans, that goes into feeding hogs. It gets exported to China. And then... All of that, you're not growing food. You're actually eating corn and soybeans that we grow, then goes into food, feed meal that goes for hogs, cattle, goes into high fructose corn syrup, goes into ethanol, extra, this, that, and the other. Then step back. Now you're mad at the farmer because you're like, oh, shit, are you over there raising these soybeans? Please do not ever farm shame an American farmer. You do not hate the sweatshop worker. Hate the sweatshop, please. Mm. When it is I that doesn't get to set the price, uh, JFK once said, a farmer is the only one that buys everything at retail, sells everything at wholesale, and pays freight both ways. Uh, now, let me let me explain it to you. I got I got sixty I, I seconds, and it's yours. Wendy, All right, I'm going to put it in it. terms. Go there with me. go go. You go to work every single day, right? And you go get a loan to get your gas and your car and buy your food. And every day you go to work and you give it everything you got. Amen. And at the end of the year, your boss comes to you and says, uh, hey, can you give me $1,100? Because uh, just the markets and the Chicago Board of Trade set the cost of cattle. I know that you have all this in it, but uh, better luck next time. Give me $1,100 and I'll let you try again next year. That's the American Family Farm, Wendy. Ladies and, and gentlemen, so this, say, is, this is the truth. This is the truth of what the American Family Farmer is going through. And I wanted to have Lucinda on. We're up against our break, Lucinda. I wanted to give you this time because I want to hear your story. America needs to hear the story. And this is just scratching the surface. How do people get in touch with you if they want to, Lucinda? Moo plus oink. Moinkbox.com. And you better put backslash Wendy so you give her some credit. I don't know you listen. <laughs> You're great. You come on back and thank you for what you do, Lucinda. I could I can't wait to drink a beer with you someday, my dear. I'm a whiskey person, but you come on my way and we'll make it happen. <laughs> I love you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the story. Climate change, they're telling us. Get rid of all the farms. It's ruining everything. Really? Now, it's our lifeblood. It's our American pride. Do not go anywhere, my friends. The Wendy Bell Radio program continues right after this.